everyone. Dave DeBoe here with another episode of the Property Profits Real Estate Podcast. Today we're in for a treat. It's not 100% real estate focused. Our guest expert today is George Grombacher. George is, comes from the financial planning industry. He runs a podcast called the Lifeblood Podcast. He's got the Money Alignment Academy. And today, correct me if I'm wrong, George, we're going to talk about our money mindset more than anything. Would that be a, a fair statement? Yeah, I think that's exactly what we're going to talk about. Thank you for awesome. having me. Awesome. My pleasure. Thanks for being on the uh, podcast. So, George, tell us a little bit about some of the the big mistakes or the biggest mistakes you see people making when it comes to their their money mindset or what they're doing with money, and especially as it relates to real estate investors. Yeah, I think just one of the biggest mistakes we make, and when I say we, I mean me, this guy right here made forever is just not being cognizant of our operating system. It's like we have these cell phones that are doing amazing things and they each have an operating system, right? And it's running in the background. So I'm not thinking about it. And in terms of our financial, in terms of our money, when a situation comes up, I just respond to it and it could be positive or it could be negative. But what I discovered for myself is that I had so many core beliefs about money that were more negative than they were positive. And if you just like, search- Like what, for example? What would, what would be an example of that? Just that money's very scarce. Hmm. So I very much had a scarcity mindset when it came to money. And that's what I find that most people have, which will oh. very much limit your ability to become affluent to become oh, a successful real estate investor. If you just want to have one rental property, well, then great. Then you'll probably be able to do that. But if you want to scale it up, if you want to start doing multifamily, whatever it might be, become a syndicator, well, then you better make sure that you really believe that you can do that. Well, it sounds like something easy to, to think, but hard to really assimilate for some folks. So what is the process from going from a scarcity mindset to a more generous type mindset or a more affluent mindset. Yeah, I think that that's right. It definitely sounds easy, but does hard. So I think first and foremost, you just need to dig into your past. Look back. So for me, it was grew up in a single family household. My mom was a school teacher up in Northern Minnesota. There was never enough money. And once a month, my mom would pay bills and she would spread all of our bills out in the kitchen table. And so my brother and I knew got to stay away from mom. And so that just led into and manifested me avoiding financial stuff. So I never budgeted. I waited to the last minute to pay bills, waited to the last minute to pay taxes. And just even though I've worked in finance for 20 years, it took me probably 15 to really realize, wow, I've got these scripts running in my head. So I would encourage people to do is to dig back, really think about money is, and just what pops into your mind. People with money are. Money allows us to so there's all these questions you could sort of go through and prompts and figure, okay, wow, I'm sort of triggered by that or I'm not. And odds are you can link it back to some experience when you were a kid, probably between the age of maybe three and seven, but all really growing up, whether your parents had money or they didn't, how money was talked about in your household, that's all really going to contribute for better or for worse. Once you recognize if you do have some kind of a limiting or a negative belief about money, well, then it's just a matter of starting to dig into why it is that I think that. And it's probably not a rational thing. It's probably just all emotional, which is how we make the majority of our financial decisions. And then once you become mindful of it, then you can actually start to be logical about it. Say, okay, I, you know, I'm feeling this way, but I'm not going to act on that, or I'm going to choose to act in this fashion. 
So when you went through that process yourself, George, did did you get some outside help with that? Or was this just kind of an epiphany that you had and you and you figured it out? What what do you suggest people do to kind of go through this process? Because again, it might sound great, but it's like, how do you how do you actually dig in and, and do that work? And how do I know if I'm suffering from that? I think that if you are plateaued, so you've just been sort of going along doing the same thing and food's kind of bland to you, or you're just not taking steps up, or if you feel like you're in a rut, then I bet that you have some kind of negative belief about money or some kind of a negative limiting script running in your head. So really ask yourself that question. Because if you're just killing it and you're just breaking records all the time, well, then you probably don't need this. But if you're just kind of mired in it and you are plateaued, well, then have the recognition right there. And so then it really is just a function of asking yourself those questions about it, going back into the past. So I think that's, that's really the recognition of whether or not you need to do this work. All right. Very cool. So I was looking on your site and I, I see that one of the things you talk about is debt and how to, how to deal with debt, how to get out of debt. You live in Scottsdale. You're probably familiar with Robert Kiyosaki, rich dad, poor dad, and, and uh, good debt, bad debt, all that kind of good stuff. So again, as real estate investors, debt tends to be a big part of our lives. We're getting financed, we're getting leveraged for our properties, but there's a difference between you know, smart or good debt and just dumb, bad debt. So when we're referring to that, do you have any ideas, suggestions, or tips for people about getting a handle on debt? Because it's something that's, that drags so many of us down. Yeah, yeah there's no doubt about it. That's, there's this great quote that I read years ago. It was by a great man called Chief Seattle, and he talked about the end of living, the beginning of survival. And when we get into debt, debt, credit card, that's when you stop living and you start surviving because you got to service debt. So people buy houses that are too big or cars that are too expensive, probably just abuse credit cards. So if you are a person who is wrongly using credit cards, and that means you're rolling over balances from one month to the next, well, that's a huge red flag. You know, you should stop doing everything else and just work on getting out of that because I don't know what kind of returns you're getting on your real estate. I don't know what kind of returns you're getting on your stock market investing. But odds are it's not around 25% every single year, but that interest rate on your credit card certainly is. So, you know, fundamentally, I just real quick, think first things first, you got to get a thousand bucks saved up in case of an emergency. Once you've done that, I want you to be putting money aside away for you. Then from there, it's one month's worth of expenses saved up. However long that takes you, one month. And then it's attack your consumer debt, revolving credit card debt, attack that. I don't care how long it takes you to get that paid off that's all you should focus on. Once you've done that, get to six months worth of expenses saved up. That will literally give you financial security right there. And I want everybody to be rich. I want everybody to have financial prosperity, but you can never get financial prosperity unless you get financial security. And that six months will get you there. So get out of credit card debt. I mean- No, but that was interesting what you said, because that wasn't the first thing. First thing was get a thousand bucks saved up, right? So that you got car breaks down, you can fix it kind of thing. Second thing was get one month's worth of living expenses put aside, you know, not just be able to pay your bills for a month. And then if I heard you right, then it's okay. Now focus all of your energy on those credit card bills. Did I hear you probably? That's right. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Very, very cool. So, and then once you got the credit cards paid off and it's a matter of build up that six months worth of cushions or whatever, worst case scenario, whatever happened, you could survive for at least six months. And then at that point where you start talking to people about 
saving their money for investing and that sort of thing. Yeah, that's exactly right. I think right there, you're really in a position because you're essentially, I mean, I don't have any negative opinion about debt, like taking out a loan to buy real estate. I think that that's awesome. Do that. But you and I both know that that consumer debt is just crushing and it stops people from becoming successful. So yeah. So those steps right there, if you follow that, I think sometimes we're just way too casual. I'm not saying you or me, but people say, oh yeah, yeah, six months worth of expenses saved up. But that is a very, very small percentage of our population Dave, that has that. Oh, so, yes. and that could take somebody years to do it, right? And if that's what it takes, well then do that. Be patient. I mean, Dave Ramsey talked, this is all out of Dave Ramsey's playbook. Uncle Dave is amazing. So take his advice. That'll really position you for success in whatever you want to do. So George, any tips on budgets? Because that's another thing that you like to talk about that a lot of people don't like to think about. I'm not a big fan of budgets. I understand the importance of them. So what is, you know, without giving away the farm here, but what are some tips or suggestions, A, on why is a budget so important? And B, what can a person do to kind of start thinking about or put together their own budget, personal budget? Yeah, thousand percent. And I dislike budgeting immensely. I hate it. My wife keeps ours and I still don't like it, but <laughs> I've moved to the point where I certainly appreciate the power of it because it helps with forecasting, right? I know that I'm on track. I'm on track to meet all my financial goals. So I don't know what's going to happen in the future, but at least I know that, hey, we've got our ducks in a row. We are doing the things and following the drivers of what make people successful. So it gives you the opportunity to be a real estate investor, or you could say, okay, I know that based on my cash flow with my current holdings, that I can absolutely afford to buy another property or to start investing here. So it gives you, there's no certainty in the world. We just don't know what's going to happen next, but that really positions you and it gives you a little bit of certainty, at least looking backwards, and you are more in charge of your cash flow when you have a budget. How would you describe a budget to somebody who has never really thought? I mean, they've heard the word, obviously, but they, they might not really understand what it is. Yeah, it's having a plan for your money. So it's having an accounting and a good understanding of your cash flow and then having a plan for your money. Now, I don't necessarily, I'm not a person who is going to, because I have variable income, but if you are, and odds are a lot of the people you serve are, are also entrepreneurs. So it's not like they know down to the dollar how much is coming in and going out every month, but I at least need to know what my fixed expenses are. And then I need to know, here's what my plan is for the next couple of years and where I want my additional monies to be going. That's really what a budget is. It's giving you boundaries for your spending, but it's also giving the majority of your money a job. And that job could be paying bills, that job could be savings account, that job could be down payment for my next real estate deal, whatever it might be. Paying off that debt, putting towards that, yeah, savings towards that, six months worth of living expenses. Yeah, so, so typically, what are kind of the different buckets that you recommend people have when they're thinking about putting together a budget? Yeah. So I like to talk about, there's something called the 50, 20, 30 budget guide. It's, it's pretty easy to follow along. 50% is just really dedicated towards your needs. So stuff you can't live without. So literally stuff you can't live without. So it's your housing, up, food, clothing. Yeah. 20% should be going towards savings, debt repayment, and investing. And then 30% should be towards your wants. So literally everything else. So in order to figure that out, it is your after-tax income. So take out taxes. And if you are a W-2 kind of a person, you need to add back in any employee benefits or deductions that are coming out. 
And then that number is what you budget with. So if it's a thousand bucks, just for round numbers, 500 of it is for your needs. 200 of it is for your saving and your investing debt repayment goals. And then 300 of it is for your wants. So right there, that's going to be very refreshing to hear, George, because I've I've heard a lot of financial folks and hardly ever do you hear about the wants coming up in there. It seems to be all sacrifice, 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 you know, all that kind of thing. But you're putting it up there. In fact, you're putting the wants even even higher up percentage wise than the savings and investing. That's really interesting. Yeah. Well, I didn't take a vow of poverty. I'm not a monk, Dave. So I think it's... (laughs) It's so important just being honest about all this stuff. A big part of budgeting is really facing fears that we have. It's like, I'm not going to budget because I don't want to look at it because my spending's whatever it is. Mm -hmm. Just got to rip that Band-Aid off and be a grown up about it and really look at it from one of the reasons it's so important to think about what your operating system and your beliefs about money are. And then to think about and talk about what your goals are and what you're trying to accomplish for yourself and your family and your community and all that good stuff is because you may have to make choices and changes to how you're spending your money. And just stopping spending for the sake of stopping spending is not a very, very exciting thing. It's not a very compelling thing. But making a tough choice about eating out or the car that I drive or whatever, if that's linked to the most important thing to me in the world, like being able to take a vacation with my family or pay for my kid's college, whatever, then it's easier to make those changes. And the 50, 20, 30 gives us a framework. So you can say, okay, again, this is how successful people are managing their money. Where am I at? Oh my gosh, 60% of my money is just on my mortgage and my car. I'm not even factoring in insurance and food. Well, changes need to be made. So, Yeah, interesting stuff. George, time flies when we're having fun. I know you've got Money Alignment Academy. Can you tell us a little bit about what is Money Alignment Academy? Yeah, I am passionate about helping people get better at money so they can live how they want. If you want to learn everything about money and become a CFA or or whatever, then by all means do that. What I found that most people don't want to do that, they just want to learn enough about it in a way that's entertaining and accessible so they can live their lives. And so that's, that's really what my work is designed to do is to educate and empower and entertain. So Money Alignment Academy, it's a series of courses that people can take. It's it's monthly activities that people can get involved with. And there's also financial coaching. So you can buy courses for $45 a piece. There's an annual membership of only $250. And if somebody wants coaching on top of that, it's only $500 a year. So it's pretty affordable and accessible. Very good. If people want to find out more about you and what you're up to, what should they do? Let's go to moneyalignmentacademy.com. Check that out and then listen to the Lifeblood podcast as well. So Awesome. Very good. George, it's been a real pleasure. Thank you very much. Thank you for having me. All right, everybody, take care, and we'll see you on the next episode. Bye-bye. Well, hey there. Thanks for tuning into the Property Profits podcast. If you like this episode, that's great. Please go ahead and subscribe on iTunes. Give us a good review. That'd be awesome. I appreciate that. And if you're looking to attract investors and raise capital for your deals, I'm going to invite you to get a complimentary copy of my newest book right back there. There it is. The Money Partner Formula. You can get a PDF version at InvestorAttractionBook.com. Again, InvestorAttractionBook.com. Take care.